0: The world is going through an expansion of consciousness, a changing of the ages, and many of us are on an awakening journey. I want to explore what all of this means and share people's personal stories so we can relate, enjoy the mystical experiences, and perhaps connect some more dots. Everyone's journey is completely unique. I'm your host, Wendy, and this is Light Always Wins. Hello, everybody. Today, I have a guest. Her name is Dr. Anna Blessing, and she's a frequency medicine doctor. Welcome, Anna. Hi, thank you. Could you tell us a little bit more
1: about uh, what you do? Sure. Um, The simplified version is... I have a clinic that can work locally and remotely that utilizes frequency-based technology. So like healing technology that can do numerous different things. We have nine different applications. And within those modalities, we have about 10,000 unique ways that we can use them with people. So really what we do is we work on the quantum biophysiology of the body and the being and harmonizing that so that the physical structure and organs can actually harmonize and function better.
0: Interesting. Cool. So, um, I know you just used the word biophysiology, which is interesting. I'm not familiar with that. Is that, does that have to do with biofeedback as well?
1: Yeah. So biofeedback, people think of the original form from the seventies, you know, that, um, it's been studied for decades now, but really everything works on biofeedback. I mean, like our whole reality does. If you ever think about somebody and then all of a sudden they call you, that's a form of biofeedback. You kind of sent out an energetic that somebody responded to. So there's a huge discussion on biofeedback in general, but in the simplified terms of utilizing that in a clinical setting or with treatment-based modalities, the easiest way to understand it is it's a technology and it depends on what we're doing for doing input or data collection or output, which is treatment version, where we can actually read the um, body or the brain or the nervous system or even the emotional state and then send back a unique optimized signal to harmonize whatever is out of balance. That's a very simplified way of explaining it. Gotcha.
0: Okay. And so does that connect to like the body's electromagnetic
1: field? Yeah. So, because everything is intertwined, right? So, you can't just like when you work out, I want to work out this area and lose fat in this area. It doesn't really work like that. Yeah. Same thing with the body and its actual field. In fact, the biofield or in spiritual circles, the aura is an actual organ. Um, we have been kind of disconnected from understanding that, but there's studies that go back 150 years and they've been messing with that organ a lot with electromagnetic frequencies that are disharmonious. So there's harmonious frequencies, or um, disharmonious, and so when you're in resonance, there's health, there's well-being, there's peace, there's joy. When you're in dissonance or discord with those frequencies, everything gets thrown off. So in fact, the the aura or the biofield, what you're speaking of that's responsible for 80% of our nervous system and also our immune system. So you can understand why some people get sick and others don't, it depends on how strong that organ is, right? And then when they say 80% of our immune systems in our gut, well, that's after the shield has been broken down. And now we're in the physical form.
0: Wow, that's so interesting. You know, it makes me wonder too, about like, when you mentioned the gut, like, I've noticed like I have sensitivities to certain foods, you know, that, mm-hmm. um, I'm like, so can, is there a way to shift that by working on the, the bioenergetic field or is there, is it sort of like, I don't know, I guess I'm, I'm coming from this paradigm where we think of everything as physical, right? So
1: right. <laughs> <it's> like <laughs> how
0: important right. is the physical versus like the information and the, in the frequency
1: Yes. So, and that's a great question because one of our remote treatments we're able to do is the sensitivity elimination treatments through biofeedback. So that is where we treat nutrient sensitivities, food sensitivities, chemical, environmental, even our own body. We become sensitive to like our inflammatory markers, our hormones, et cetera. So those are the main treatments we do remotely. And people don't understand elimination diets don't work long-term when you're sensitive to nutrients and nobody has come in, that's not sensitive to nutrients. We're talking vitamins, minerals, amino acids. So you can avoid those, um, no matter what your diet is. And so what happens is when the easiest way to understand is if you're eating an apple and you get a phone call that your sister died, well, all of a sudden the body is going to associate an apple with a harmful substance, something with stress because the stress pathway is directly intertwined with the histamine pathway. It is a huge piece that we work with in harmonizing the nervous system while desensitizing the sensitivities because the body has gone in hyper alert. So it's very, very common these days because honestly, who isn't under stress? And what's also happening on a kind of bigger discussion is those of us who are aware of the changes that we're undergoing from a genetic perspective, just from an evolutionary perspective, and the amount of light and information we're taking in, we're actually becoming more sensitive to things as well. So it becomes really important to use biofeedback to read what you're reacting to, send a feedback, it's happening in a matter of seconds, send a feedback signal to support the body and the brain and the nervous system to stop reacting. And it's amazing, we've had people who come in, they can eat four foods for years, by the end of the program, they can eat whatever they want.
0: Wow, that's amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, so it that's so interesting too. And it makes me wonder how much this energetic field and the information is, is related to the brain, right? Like the brain, I, I think of the brain as more of like the receiver and the information is actually more like outside of us. Do you
1: perceive it that way? Um, yes and no. So okay. It, okay. it also depends on what part of the brain, right? Yeah, so, yeah, like the reticular activating system, for example, in spiritual circles, is called the law of attraction. And neuroscience is called reticular activating system. Okay. In essence, and then that is communicated with through the amygdala. And the amygdala is like the gatekeeper, and the amygdala has to do with all of our fear responses, our traumas. Um, things we've observed, things that have been passed down. I mean, it's almond sized, but it's so crucial for that fight and flight response. And if that amygdala is constantly freaking out, then it's going to tell the reticular activating system, find something to be afraid of, find something to um, match that reality, right? To the programs running. So it's, it's a receiver, but it's also a transmitter. And so it works both ways. And the, the biofield so the nervous system is one of the most important pieces in our physical system, because mm-hmm. that's what takes in information and then is able to pass it through. And if there's blockages, traumas, fears, unresolved emotions, et cetera, then it creates a whole host of problems that show up as what we now call disease, when they're really just symptoms of something that's not working properly or has a blockage. Mm-hmm. And the best way to kind of look at it is, and fascia is involved in this as well, but the nervous system is the pen and the fascia is the paper. So when people get fascia release, but if they're not going into the nervous system and clearing that pattern, which is directly tied to that aura, right? Because 80% of that nervous system is in the aura and you're not clearing that information field and you're not clearing and strengthening that bio field and allowing that nervous system to completely reboot. You're going to, you can clear the fascia. You're going to write the same story on it though.
0: Wow. Cool. This is awesome. I feel like I'm getting a little like crash course right now and how <laughs> all of these things work.
1: I love it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really fun when you start to learn and you're not at like effect to all of this. Cause I mean, when you're kind of affecting to your traumas and all these things, it's not that fun. I've been there, yeah. yeah. but then when you start to learn how it all works, it empowers you to be able to know how to clear it, but then also know how to not rewrite a new story. That's going to cause problems later in life.
0: Yeah. 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 And I asked about the brain because I thought to myself, like, well, okay, maybe we start becoming sensitive to certain foods because we develop a certain belief about those foods,
1: you know, Mm -hmm. and it's all connected. So why it's like, when people come in, they're like, why am I sensitive to this? I I have no idea. It could be a million things. Mm -hmm. Um, And most likely you don't remember when the moment that your body and brain recorded that this is a problem. And really what matters is you start to harmonize and clear whatever that belief is. And we don't have to be aware of every single belief that has been programmed in. Um, It's just allowing our system to clear and then rewire itself.
0: Okay. Interesting. So I wanted to ask you about epigenetics Um and how can we well first of all what are what is epigenetics and how can we change our genetic coding? I feel like this is related with the biofield.
1: It is, and that's a very large question. Okay. Um, (laughs) There's there's multiple layers there. So changing the genetics, there's an expanded conversation, of course, with what we're going through with ascension and Mm -hmm. the evolution of our species. And so that is happening, regardless of whether we're choosing, it's going to happen. Right. And so that's where the blockages come in. If there are things that are disrupting that or causing discord in the body, the more, more we ignore that or don't clear that the harder it's going to be through this process. Um, exactly. it's kind of anytime any species is in the evolutionary point, it's like evolve or die, you know, you're kind yeah. of at that point. Uh-huh. Um, and so with, on the epigenetic side of like disease expression, that comes down to more than anything, the belief system and what's going on in that nervous system. And especially because what we carry in the field connects to the nervous system, it's all going to be intertwined there. And so gene expression, when you really kind of master your body, you can turn a gene on for a day, but you can shut it off the next day. So for example, people who have histamine issues um, they can turn it on for a day, take a few things, um, become aware of why did I express this? what was I exposed to? what message was coming through? And then they're able to go in, work with that and shut that down. Now before you have that level of awareness, it's kind of like it's on like mm-hmm. for a very long period of time typically. and so then that takes time to shut that back off. So it, it's it's able to be done moment by moment, at a mastery level. Most people, when they come in though, you know, their genes have been turned on for years, if not decades. And so it takes time to kind of work through all of the layers to get them to the point where that belief, just like biology of belief, um, by, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name. You know what I'm talking about, right? I'm, I the don't. Um, hold uh, on. He is like the godfather of epigenetics and- okay. Yeah. And he was laughed at for about 20 years in the scientific community mm-hmm. and Dr. Bruce Lipton. Oh, and so, yeah. And, you know, they were in the belief that we're at effect to our genes. And he was like, no, 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 no. I'm seeing that this is shifting. So he wrote biology of belief. Because mm-hmm. it's the perception, it's the belief, right, that then turn these genes on more than, more than just exposures. Yes, toxicity plays a role in some of these other things, traumas, et cetera. But it's really getting down to the root cause is always spiritual and emotional.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting because before we got together today, I was listening to a podcast um, on Expanding on Consciousness. Um, it's the Monroe Institute's podcast. Yep. And he was uh, interviewing this woman, Helena Wabe, and she's been doing studies, um, like studying the genetics of people with psychic abilities versus people who don't display that. And she saw that it seems to be that this is expressed in the non-coding DNA, which is what people usually call junk DNA. But I okay. guess I didn't realize it has a new name, non-coding DNA. And (laughs) it sounds like this is sort of what you're talking about as well. Like there's this information moving between the genes, but I, but something that was fascinating that she brought up is she said, they believed that that expression of that non-coding DNA is actually inherent in humans or was like, it was actually something we naturally had. And then as like, uh, Christianity came on the rise and a lot of people were persecuted and, um, also kind of shoved down those abilities. It, it changed humanity to be like where the majority of us, you know, don't have, don't express like psychic abilities. And now a minority does, But um, she also was saying she believes that anybody can start practicing that and redevelop it. And I just thought that was
1: fascinating, you know? Yeah, it it really is. And so the Monroe Institute, they train a lot of people on uh, remote viewing Mm -hmm. and they they were connected to the CIA's Project Stargate. (laughs) Um, Where they would recruit or find children or people with these abilities right and then basically use them as lab rats. Um, And so it's been around just kind of behind the scenes for a while. And it, it, it definitely is something we all had in here and still have inherently. Um, now people's are coming online sometimes a little bit faster just because of the shifts that are coming in and so many changes from the earth to the cosmology, and even just the body changes and brain changes. And there's going to need to be a lot more people supporting Mm -hmm. these humans when they're coming online, because it can be very overwhelming and they don't really know what's going on. And we're not equipped to help people navigate the different dimensions of consciousness. And so then they just associate them with, mental illness. And that was what my PhD dissertation was on, was looking at mental illness as a spiritual illness. So we could expand the perspective um, and kind of diving into the multiple dimensions of consciousness. And are they seeing multiple dimensions and how do we help support them in anchoring in this one while understanding, yes, there are other things that they're seeing maybe that we can't.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I just, I love how you are like a bridge between these different realms in a way where you're, you've are you got the science and then you've got the spirituality. And, um, oh, what you were saying about we, we need more people supporting people who are turning on. I have felt that intuitively, like ever since really the beginning of COVID, I really felt like there, I was very activated leading up to that. And I know other people who were, and I always had this feeling like there's, we're going to need all these healers and like all of these people on deck to, to help people out that see beyond just what we've been seeing traditionally, you know,
1: 100%.
0: Yes. So it's cool to hear you say, say the same thing, although you sound very like, very mission driven. I, I feel like a lot of seriousness when you say it, like, like this is is a serious issue is how
1: I feel when you say it. (laughs) I, yes, I am very mission driven, That that is something that's very clear in me. And, and it's, you got to learn to have fun with it, but I take my mission very seriously. And, and it's also what I observe, you know, who, who comes in here, And the lack of support that they have, because we're, we're set up for chronic based things, but when they're in an acute state, like I've brought up, I'm like, we need like spiritual emergency rooms because when these people, doctors take them off their medication, cold Turkey, which is idiotic, but it happens. And then all of a sudden it's just too much. There's the side effects coming in. And then once you take that blocker off, all of that information is coming back in simultaneously with those side effects. And the individual knows they're like, I don't want to go to a psych ward. That's not what I need. So we're in this space where the old system is crumbling faster than like we can get out of it. And then the new hasn't been built yet. And so it's like this bridge arena that is where we really need a lot of help in. And we, we aren't set up for that yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And everything you're talking about with the, the mental illness and people, um, either being cut off from medication or stopping taking their medication. I've personally been affected in my life by that. Like I've had a family member who I've been majorly affected. I won't go into all the details, but I completely understand what you're talking about. And it yeah. it wasn't until I had listened to some other um, doctors like Kelly Brogan. And um, I actually listened to one woman's personal story of when she went cold turkey on antidepressants and how she started fantasizing about killing people. I mean, really awful things, awful, awful side effects can happen to people. And it was when I heard this, that a lot of dots connected about that old, the old, like, um, I can't, I can't even really call it old yet. It's still kind of a present system of uh, medicating these symptoms and, um, oh, it's just, it's, it's really sad not to like completely um, negate, you know, the need for modern medicine or anything, but um, because I think that, you know, we have to sort of titrate off of these old systems into the new ones as well. But um, yeah, it's just, it's wild that you made that connection. And that's, that's been something that's huge in my life. And I'm, I'm sure it'll help other people sort of connect some dots,
1: you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it's, it is a titration out of the old and a big part of it because everything we, we contribute and co-create the reality we're in as a collective, right. And as an individual. And so a part of it was modern medicine almost had to come in because we were so dense and we had fallen so far from, us as the true light beings that we are, and the the DNA being shut off and all of these things, and this is very ancient. But you know, modern medicine is only what 150 years old. It's it's very new. Yeah. So we really hit a very dense point, is what I like to call it, is that density. And so even natural things weren't working the way that they used to or could have. So it was yeah. almost like it had to come in as a bridge. And then greed, of course, follows. Once greed, power, and control come, everything gets manipulated at that point. Yeah. And that's unfortunately where we're at. And the, the cartels are still very, very strong with their strongholds. You know, the pharma cartel still controls the medical system. And and that will take some time to unravel for sure. Yeah. And so it's kind of like everything's going to be grassroots, as we start to move out of the old um, and start building out new support systems. And it's really going to come from individuals who just intuitively know what's needed and work to create that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. And I, I see like the way I see it sort of happening and shifting in, in my own life. And with people around me is like, I will just get into something like say essential oils for an example. And um I don't try to like, you know, push them or anything like that. But they see me using it, and they yeah. go like, "Oh, what is that?" You know, like there's this. They see the effects, and there's this like curiosity. You know, where mm-hmm. it's, you're just sort of like showing the way, not uh, preaching it or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I think as more and more people kind of hop on board with these alternative methods, it raises curiosity and like, oh, maybe I don't have to like do things this way. Maybe I'll try something new, you know? Mm -hmm. And I wanted to ask you, how did you get on the path to becoming a doctor and how, and like, what was your spiritual journey? Like, how did those intertwine?
1: So my spiritual journey was always front and center. Like God was just first and foremost in my life since I was very young. So that part was always very clear for me. I grew up Christian. So that was kind of the background. And then of course it becomes an evolution of expanding beyond just standardized religion. Um, And what I really had to heal myself is how it came to be. So allopathic was, Failing completely. And all they want to do is medicate you with like anti-anxiety, antidepressants, because when you don't feel well, and I was a teenager, I was starting to get chronic fatigue, like extreme fatigue. And I was an athlete too. So it was not being able to be active the way I was just constantly fatigued. Of course, you're going to be depressed when you're not feeling well. I was starting to get pain, chronic pain. So eventually it would end up being fibromyalgia, migraines three to five times a week and just GI's, just weird stuff. Like a whole list of symptoms, like autoimmune-like expressions, um, kind of mast cell POTS, what we know as today. And, you know, they didn't really know how to help her try these drugs and they would just put me on something new. And I was a teenager at the time. So when I was going through that process, I just realized like, best way I can describe it is I felt like my soul was splitting from my body. It wasn't like I was suicidal or anything, but I could pick up the disconnect from my spirit and how those antipsychotics actually separate us and sever us from our spirit in many ways. And I've heard this from many, many people. And so eventually I just went off of them cold Turkey and I was fine. I had a group of people around me. I was like, listen, if anything funky, just let me know. And I was fine. I don't recommend doing that, but I knew myself. Yeah. Um, and so I knew how to kind of come off of those and Um, from there, I started on a path of natural healing and water structured water was the first thing that completely transformed everything inside of me. And so that was 180 degree. It was like my catalyst for awakening to all of this. And that was my first frequency technology because it wasn't just filtered water. It was the actual frequency that shifts the structure of the water and then what that does inside of us. And so from there, it was kind of this evolutionary journey of putting the pieces together. But 80% of my healing was dealing with the trauma. So all of these fibromyalgia, these migraines, um, the sensitivities, it was all repressed trauma that, and I had blocked it out for a good, like six years completely. And when it came back, it set off a whole series of events that ultimately led to what is known as disease expression. So I had to really dive in and, and. Go, go into the places that you know, none of us really want to go into yeah. to heal, but it's necessary. Yeah. And that was the de- depth of where I started to heal and the sensitivities. Cause I was reactive to everything, you know, because of that, it was all intertwined. So I had to address the sensitivities simultaneously with the trauma stuff. And I pieced everything together and it took me years. Cause it was like, I was in the jungle with a machete, but I put those pieces together here where, what took me years, I kind of structure programs that take a matter of months for people to get through. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And it doesn't end right. Healing is people think there's an arrival point and it's not because healing is just a journey back to wholeness. Um, and so the person I am today and like the way that I think the way that I operate is night and day from the person I was. So people look at me and I'm like, I wasn't born like this. I did all the work that, you know, I'm guiding you through and still do it because there's always, we're like snakes and we shed skins and we evolve, you know, if, if we're living and evolving and growing, we're always going to be shedding, you know, what no longer serves, what once was amazing. And the next level for us is eventually going to need to go so we can access an even higher level. And so the spirituality, was always intertwined for me, just because I'm like, we're not created to suffer and break down and die the way that we are. I mean, we literally have an immortality gene. So it's not normal. And I think that's why death hits us so hard. And grief is such a intense process for us to go through because we know it's not normal and it's so abnormal and and it hits us. And there is a beauty of our mortality because it pushes us to rise into something many times but there's also that teacher that grief is as well and um and so just bring being able to bring in okay what's the higher spiritual perspective with every challenge that i had the loss i went through an intense loss last year and the grief initiation was probably been through a good amount of initiations and that was the most intense it was very difficult uh-huh. um and so being able to hold on, even when you don't feel connected, and that's another thing people don't realize, Some, you're going to have moments where you're like, "Is God even here. Like, am I still connected to spirit? Like, why am I feeling like in this desolate desert? And there will be periods like that. And it's like, what do you hold on to when you're going through that? And it's such an important piece because physically, I was mentally, emotionally, like that's where it was hitting me, but my body was healthier than it's ever been. And it's like this, my training through all those years brought me to that point where it was like, okay, you put one foot in front of the other, you kind of move through this, you look at it from a higher perspective, and you just have to know that this is a phase and it will pass and something beautiful will come from it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There's so much in what you just said. And the, the shedding, I feel for myself lately, the shedding... Stages feel like they're coming more frequently, like yeah. faster, and faster and faster. And with yeah. that, I mean, it was interesting what you said. You're like, just a year ago, I had one of the hardest initiations ever. I'm like telling myself, it's just getting easier. We <laughs> don't <You laughs> know. We don't know, <laughs> we don't know yeah. what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But yes. uh, it does feel like it's everything speeding up, you know, in this evolutionary yes. process that we're in. In,
1: and it is. So um, there's a gentleman I follow who's fantastic at keeping us updated on things. And so there's data points. So you, you can actually calculate data points, how much we're taking in information-wise. So pre-2020, I want to say it was like 100 data points per hour. Mm-hmm. We're now at 4 million data points per hour. So that just alone tells us how much things are speeding up. And how rapid we do have to shed, we have to clear, we have to evolve and and process these things because that's a lot of data points. Like we've well and where where is this information coming from? Um, so you mean how how are we taking in the data? Yeah, yeah. So you know, light is information, right? Photons carry information and then the photons communicate with our DNA, and then our DNA expresses from there the cells, et cetera, right? And the cell's capacity to hold and store light is what gives us our capacity to heal and be vitalized. So light is coming and a lot stronger. And I even look at the sun and it's become stronger since I was younger. Like you can feel it. Yeah. So there's the light that's coming in. And the, I track a lot of like, what's going on. Same with you. You did a Venus gateway, right? So all of those things bring in information, right? They bring shifts. And it affects us differently depending on our own charts, of course, but those cosmological events and even the Schumann shifts and what's going on on the earth, it all affect, we're electromagnetic beings, earth has a field, all of the planets shift that field and we're affected. And I mean, at this point, science is finally, they're just late, acknowledged this, Um, but it affects us immensely. So the amount of information and the alignments and the shifts there, that's where all this data is coming in. And it was always set. So we come in cycles, right? So just like we have an annual cycle and then planetary cycle, we also have earth-based cycles in 26,000 year, roughly are the cycles of like ages, right? And so we're just finishing out that 26,000 year moving into a new one. That's a huge shift. that we're going through. So we also, because we're not taught like how our bodies work, the truth of our history, how ancient things are, you know, any of these things are just kind of written out. We're not aware of it, but we feel it. And usually we feel it in a way that shows up as symptoms for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And
0: it feels like with this, uh, changing of the ages, I also feel like we're being asked to consolidate a lot from our past lives. Um, or if you want to call it like parallel lives <laughs> if you, can, yes. you know, <laughs> well, you can time <laughs> is actually not linear, but it, yeah. it feels like we're being asked to transmute so much to get us to this next stage or this next paradigm. you know, it it feels like it's not just what's happened in this life. Like, for me, I feel like what's happened in this life woke me up to all the things that happened in other lives, you know, yeah. or made me aware of like, Oh, I had these past life. Oh, okay. Maybe that's why I'm like terrified to speak my truth. Maybe I was uh-huh. for that before, you know, things like yes. that.
1: <laughs> yeah, we are in that. It, it's like the lifetime, right? Like this is the lifetime that many of us have been training for. And it's also why it's so hard, <laughs> so many levels. Yeah. And it, it is, it's, I mean, we come here, we have amnesia there's feelings we get. It's, um, total recall, I think is the movie where they like wipe the memory. Right. But he keeps feeling something. And then when his memories come back, he like comes online and he becomes a threat, like fascinating film. They tell us exactly how everything works in movies, but, um, it's the same idea here. We come in with amnesia, we feel something. Eventually it's like, we come online and we have all these remembrances and a lot of stored traumas a lot and passed down, especially from expression. I mean, that was, that's been a big no, no for hundreds of thousands of years. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like probably some people say close to 3 million years um, of human history of where it hasn't been safe. And so there's, there's probably a good amount of time either way with not sharing these things and really going into the truth of who we are and and where we come from. Mhm. Mhm. That's interesting. While we're on the subject I
0: have to ask you because um you're interested in frequency technology. I just was like you must have had some Atlantean past lives like because I feel like that's the technologies that they were working with a lot back then and possibly also abusing. But um yes. Yeah, so I'm curious. Do you have any remembrances from that time at all?
1: Yeah, so seventy percent of us on the planet actually lived during Atlantean times. Okay, so there's a good amount of us. Um, and then also I have Lemurian connections very strongly. Lemurian. Lemurian was peaceful, obviously, and um, there was they they held very powerful crystal technology that the Atlanteans wanted or needed to complete their scientific experiments. This is also, I think, why we have a chip on our shoulders towards scientists because scientists were the ones who kind of manipulated the technology and created the problems um, Mm -hmm. instead of letting them organically flow and be um, the way that they were originally meant to be. So we're still seeing that honestly, to this day. (laughs) Right. Like right now it's also like
0: a frustration of science, not uh, wanting to, well, not all scientists, but, you know, some scientists, many scientists, what we hear on the mainstream, for the most part, not wanting to delve into the unseen and and what all these things we're talking about
1: frequency and consciousness and things like that. Yeah, and it's really biased. And one of the um, patients here, she and her husband had he was an attorney, they had a research group. And I've heard this from multiple people, because we're, we're near the U of A. So there's a lot of research. They all say it. All the scientists, if they're honest, must be clear. They're honest. They will tell you there is no such thing as truly um, objective science because you can't be. And the observer shifts everything based on what is coming from their observation. And even if you're trying to be unbiased, we all have programs that are yeah. being expressed, um, usually unconsciously. So there's no such thing as true objective science. Um, any true and honest scientists will tell you this and that it's always evolving it's never settled so yeah. when these research companies are brought on for it they're paid by a corporation who want a particular outcome and then that's the science that's peddled to the masses right. so if once we just understand that this is how it works it makes it easier to navigate through everything mm-hmm. um and you know back in Atlantis time yeah they had way more advanced technology i mean i feel like even the work I do is so archaic compared to what we <laughs> could have. like, I'm just like, when are we going to go back to these amazing technologies from energy, not just health, but like energy, like purifying air and water and all of these beautiful things. And they all exist. They're just been shelved, um, intentionally for while corporations run the world, but their time is coming to an end. And that's what happened in Atlantis was it was, uh, a power thing. The difference this time though, is the earth was a third dimensional planet then with a fifth dimensional consciousness. Mm-hmm. So this time we are going to have a fifth dimensional planet frequency with fifth dimensional consciousness. Mm-hmm. So therefore you cannot fall the way that it happened then. Interesting. I've
0: never like heard somebody put it that way. And it, it makes a lot of sense to me. Um. Yeah. No matter yeah. how
1: strong we are, imagine if you're still living in a third dimensional plane. Yeah. It's gonna be so easy to fall into different things and in power or greed or manipulation, yeah. et cetera. So that's what's gonna be different about this time. Yeah. Yeah. It's it yeah.
0: feels like we're we're supposed to take the lessons we already learned during that fall and do it better this time. That's how I feel about it. Like yeah. this is the recapitulation of that point yes. where we fell, but this time we're not going to fall. <laughs> yes. And that wasn't the first time we fell, but yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: but yes. I mean, that's, that's the cycles. It's rising yes. and falling. That's how we learn, right? So, yep. Until we rise and can hold a frequency, and the planet too, you know lady Gaia is, is evolving with us mm-hmm. and as she is the whole universe is. So everything affects everything else. Yeah. So it's not just here that's shifting. It's every planet. It's, yeah. it's everything, everything in the universe is. So as one thing upgrades, everything upgrades, same thing. It's like as within, so without as within our body, you can't just affect one cell and not think it's going to communicate ev- with everything else. And right. That's what the medical system has done: is have a specialist for a toe, have a specialist for a finger, and a brain. It's like that's not how this works. <laughs> I like those examples. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh... Yeah. So it's it's exciting because we get to be a part of this. It's frustrating uh, often. Yeah. Um, but the cool thing is, it's the because the planet's shifting. It, we are at the point: evolve or die. That's just what it is. And so we're going to see even more and more souls transitioning. And it's because if you cannot vibrate at a particular frequency to be harmonious with the environment you're in, then you won't be able to sustain life, right? Same with us from a cell level to a being. And also animals are going to start shifting. So some of them will start to go extinct because their time here is done. They've completed their mission. And then new ones, we're going to, we've already seen like, they're finding fish. They're finding like creatures that are new. And we're already seeing that, which is really cool. So everything's going to continue to shift. And if people want to continue to play in the third dimension density, they will have an opportunity to do that elsewhere. Yeah. That was,
0: that was where my thoughts went. When you said the whole universe is shifting, I'm like seeing this other sort of like, Uh, planet being formed and like certain souls going to this other school planet (laughs) you know like (laughs) Mm -hmm. so interesting and I know you're not ready to leave the 3d I'm so ready (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm just I'm just here I'm here for the ride that's how I feel about it I I but I also live out in the country like I I don't live in the city I don't have to um witness a lot of the 3D, I guess you could say, if, if I don't want to. So I'm just like, (laughs) all right, I got my popcorn. Who can I help? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, But I wanted to ask you also, uh, if you guys use microcurrent devices with people
1: and in what, what do you think about those? Yeah. So we use um, frequency specific microcurrent. So it's a two channel device uh, and it's fantastic. So 80, I would say actually 90% of the programs we use, and I have developed some proprietary programs for like the amygdala reticular activating system and some other aspects of the brain and nervous system. Um, So we usually use them in the brain and nervous system rebooting aspect, which is works incredibly well for Uh, that's where we use the microcurrent. There are some great like at home systems too, that um, they're not as strong, but they still work. And one microcurrent i'm working on bringing in from russia is um it's called senar so it has to do it's it's like astronaut technology it was built for astronauts oh, so wow for their spine, for their body. If they're like have injuries, there's obviously no surgeons in space and they have really no medication. So they needed to create technologies that could support pain and healing. And the CNR is very, very advanced, um, out of Russia. They're Russia and Germany are two of the best nations for frequency developments. They're really advanced in, in putting that together. However, the United States is also very resistant to letting a lot of those technologies in, So if you're trying to get it cleared by the FDA, if you're doing a roundabout way, it's much faster. But (laughs) that one's going to be huge when we bring that in. Cause there's a full like spinal vertebrae one. There's ones that work for allergies, for bloating, for gynecological issues, et cetera. So yes, we use microcurrent.
0: Cool. Very cool. And one thing I was also curious about is um, because I want to throw this out there. Like if there's a gap in uh, the market, are there insurance companies for alternative and holistic medicine?
1: So insurance companies are still very controlled within that cartel arena, right? That's what, well, I didn't know if it was that or if they were government
0: regulated, possibly too. Both. So,
1: and okay. and it's, there's not a lot of, there's so much that goes on with that. So insurance does not cover, of course, what we do and a lot of alternative therapies. Um, health savings accounts are the best way because a lot of times they can be used on the things that normal, like billing doesn't cover. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good to know. Cause I was like,
0: you know, I'm always thinking with this change and everything, I'm like, where are the opportunities, you know, <laughs> I'm like if somebody could start a holistic health insurance company, I mean, I see a need for that, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Every system needs new <laughs> everything. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And in the book, The Invisible Rainbow, have you read that, by the way, by Arthur Furstenberg? I haven't. Mm -mm. Okay. Um, He talks about, he goes through the history of different frequency technologies being introduced to the general population. And he sees how different plagues or um, flus or diseases seem to have correlated with the introduction of different technologies because like our bodies weren't used to it. So there would be this time of like, you know, all of these issues um while we were adjusting. And I've even seen studies that show a correlation between the introduction of 5G technology and COVID. Mm-hmm. And I was curious if um if you had ever explored that or what you think about those kinds of correlations.
1: So is he so when we say frequency um, technologies, it's important for people to understand there's harmful and uh-huh. there's healing. So is he talking about like the ones that are like electricity or power lines, things like that? Power lines, radio waves, just sonar, uh, radar, okay. that kind of thing. Yeah. So those would be in the realm of more of the harmful Okay. Um, frequencies, right? So I think it's like 18.9 hertz that um, induces like panic and fear and like dread and like panic attacks in people. So, right, there's different frequencies that can induce different things. And the military uses, um, I work with Raytheon engineers and they build literal frequency weapons. So um, wow. that exists too. And yeah. uh, so it, it's important for people to differentiate it because they get afraid of things, you know? They'll right. Yeah. So there's harmful. Um, technologies and frequencies, and then there's healing ones. Yes. And the uh, EBV, for example, is reactivated with the like 5G. I think it's like 60 Hertz. That is uh, what our uh, power lines put out. Okay. So that's why people have EBV and it allows them to proliferate. A lot of the electromagnetic waves that we currently are exposed to from three to 5G, those are directly related to allowing molds and certain pathogen, chronic pathogens like COVID and EBV specifically, there's been studies on all three of those multiple studies since like the (laughs) eighties, this has been out. Um, and it will allow them to proliferate at a very rapid rate. So it's, it's like feeding them and then it's working against us. So having some neutral ways to, I believe everybody needs to neutralize from EMFs, not block because they're changing, but to basically render them harmless. In my clinic, I have like $3,000 worth of things because we have very sensitive people. So it's an EMF neutral zone, meaning it's not unhealthy. Um, and everybody definitely could use them at their home. I'll send you a link to, um, for great company. Most of them are so expensive, honestly, yeah. and so people can't afford them, but this one's extremely affordable and they have a patent on it. Do they use biogeometry by any chance? They, they use So their patent because it's patented. They don't share exactly what they use. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but they have the studies to show that it has supported people's fields in their biofield. So they have ones for cars, houses, and then of course, electronics. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. Um,
0: and then I wanted to ask you also about your ethereal hospital sessions Mm -hmm. and, um, I just, I really, I love how you're doing things where you're using technology, but then it also sounds like you're, well, I guess just tell me more about it. Cause it sounds like you're doing some sort of also energetic healing yourself. Is that what it is?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, and I have a list of abilities and in the clinic, I always have to kind of figure out where is this person's consciousness at and communicate from there. But I love doing the ethereal hospital sessions and the remote energy work because I'm able to do such deep dives and we're able to really clear on such a, a level down to the root many times. So the ethereal hospitals are there, there's no feedback on those sessions. They're really simple and easy. And one of my jobs is an ethereal surgeon, so I work in a hospital. Um, usually, we're wearing multiple hats here, and that is one of mine. And I'm able to take the ethereal body up to the hospital and have it worked on. And it's it depends what's needed. Sometimes it's it's physical ailments that are dissolved. Sometimes it's blocking the capacity to attract abundance or receive abundance. Sometimes it's blind spots every person is very different in those sessions and you don't have to do anything special. You just get permission. Um, so when people book, it's just, they're giving their permission. And then, um, the session happens. It's about, they go up initially. And then over a seven day period, they're checked on like kind of their recovery. Like, is there, do we need to do a follow-up or are they doing well? Do we need to make any adjustments for this being? And it's really remarkable the feedback that people have from those.
0: Cool. That's yeah. cool. I feel like I feel like such a um, sort of like starseed sort of uh, blueprint in you like that feels very Pleiadian or something to me (laughs) like it's it's almost at first you know I'm thinking like oh this sounds kind of shamanic and then I'm like "Mm, not quite like
1: (laughs) yeah. Sh- shamanic is very earth-based earth-based I'm very right. I'm like, does not sound earth-based <laughs> at all <laughs> yeah i'm very star-based so i work a okay. lot with arcturians um okay. so arcturians are advanced te- technological beings so they they work with me a lot and i love working with them because they're the ones who are like i have amazing technology that we'll be able to bring to earth yeah. eventually yeah. Um, and then Andromedan. So okay. those are like my really strong ones. And then I have M- Mantians, not really known, but that's where my um, so Mantians have the capacity to shift the cosmos. They have the capacity to even shift timelines collectively when it's in alignment for a bigger plan. And they're great healers um like the mantian being like the praying mantis okay they're not really known they're very private behind the scenes um but I have mantian uh, energetics in me as well
0: cool oh yeah my gosh I also love how you just present this like yes this is what it is because I think so many of us are like yeah you know I think um I might be like Syrian and play you know like kind of shy about it like who yeah who's going to believe this or whatever, but you're just like, this is what it is. No big
1: deal. (laughs) Yes. That attitude either triggers people or people love it. So it's like one or the other. It's like, but at this point I'm like, we, how are we ever going to change things unless we stop like kind of being sheepish and shy? It's like, listen, like know what, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I love it. Well, okay. I guess we should probably wrap this up. And I've got one more question for you, which is, um, what do you think it's important for us to be aware of in the future for our health and frequency?
1: So the platinum shield, like Mm -hmm. super, super important. So most people have heard of the violet flame, right? Mm -hmm. So the violet flame was re-gifted to us after we lost it. Um, about 7 decades ago roughly the past century the violet flame however is not strong enough to shield from the assaults that we're receiving now from a spiritual frequency and energetic so a lot of the battles we're in and ahead are going to be frequency and spiritual based so the platinum shield and and if people Don't really, I don't have platinum. That's okay. Just call in and start working with the platinum shield. Ask it to completely encompass the way you would a violet flame. If people are used to working with the violet flame, upgrade to the platinum shield. And that is extremely powerful and so much stronger so to shield yourself your being encapsulates your frequency and helps you elevate to clearing out any density um platinum is something i use all the time whenever we have to go into the other realms of consciousness or dimensions and there's like uh hordes there's demonic entities and different things we have to use platinum for that like platinum swords excaliburs platinum of course um right. so that ray and that shield i would say is the number one thing and just meditate with it you know Decree and command that to come forward in your life. Morning and night is great to do that. Um, And just start working with that. That's the simplest thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Beyond that, I would say, start to ask, what do I know in this situation? Not what do I think? What do I believe? What do I know? and to start returning to your remembrance. Because the problem is, it's not like we're learning anything new, we're really not, we're remembering. And so as we're awakening, we're awakening to remember to what we already know. And so to always ask yourself, whatever it is that you're seeing in front of you, if something feels off, trust that. And ask always, what do I know? What do I know about myself? Why am I here? Um, Is this information coming at me? What, what is that frequency? If it's fear-based, do not associate. And, and, and there's a lot of truthers that are peddling fear. Yes, yeah. so, <laughs> It's like, if it's fear frequency, and we all know what that feels like. Yeah. Immediately shelter, get rid of that. Yeah. You can speak about truth and you can speak about things that are affecting us without fear. Mm-hmm. Um. So like we did today. To, yes. Yes. Yeah. And these are all very real things, but you've got to move out of that fear. And if anybody's peddling fear, I don't care what their message is, get rid of them. Yeah. You know, mute them and open up to channels that bring the same message with empowerment and tools and not prepper tools. I'm not talking about that. We're going to have no water. You're going to have no food and stock up on bullets. (laughs) You know, it's like, okay, you can do that, but is it coming from fear or is it coming from empowerment? Like showing up in the world because our intention is so powerful. I don't, I don't think we realize that yes. putting this out, like blessing the world, sending loving thoughts, especially to the beings that we're really unhappy with, um, yeah. sending that out can offset like 750,000 people at least who mm-hmm. are sending out fear. So our frequency is the most important thing. It's the thing they want to hijack. Yeah. It's the thing yeah. they want to hijack the most. So so, um, there was a few things there, but
0: yeah, I love everything you said. And it aligns with a lot of the guidance that I've been getting myself. I haven't connected with that platinum shield yet, but I have realized how important it is to clear and protect every day. And I've even started doing that when I go to bed at night, um, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's something that I wasn't like sure was that important for a while. And then oh, yes. when I had started like connecting more with my intuition, I just allowed myself I had to re- I had to surrender to be guided, you know, yeah. like it was really hard to say, OK, I can trust this. That was kind of what was hard for me. But once mm-hmm. I finally made that switch where I allowed myself to trust my intuition and then also adding protection with that is what it helped me know yeah. I could trust. Then I got into this cycle where I could really like start enacting whatever guidance I was receiving, you know? So, yeah. um and it, a lot of it aligns with what you're saying. And I totally agree about the fear-based things for sure. Like, <clears throat> I see that all the time and I'm like, why are you putting that out there? Like let's let's end the cycle, you know, yes. like you no know better at
1: this point. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because it's frequency. It's not even what somebody's saying. If you can say opposite messages, but if that frequency is still fear combative, mm-hmm. they're all in the same line. Yeah. You know, yeah. And it's so important to recognize that. Yeah. Totally. Yeah.
0: Wow. Well, thank you so much for coming on and having this conversation today. It was, it was really fun and educational and mind expanding, soul expanding. <laughs> thank you for having me. This was wonderful. Yeah. Where
1: can people find you? If they want to. Um, love- yeah. Uh, the best place is to go to Tucson biofeedback.com. And we have a an abundance of info on there, and I know it says Tucson Biofeedback, but we do work remotely. So um, I have a local clinic, but we do a lot of remote work, and a lot of our um, technologies can be done that way. So especially like the sensitivity ones I was sharing with you. So that would be the best place to to start. And then my new social handle is Doctor Dot Anna Blessing um my original one was unfortunately hacked and stolen last year Aww. so in the process of rebuilding like 12 years you know of homes. oh my gosh yeah Jeez, well so annoying but it is what it is
0: yeah yeah, yeah. all these endings endings and beginnings right now right
1: <laughs> oh, yeah for sure
0: <laughs> all right well thank you so much thank you Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Light Always Wins. You can find me on Instagram at light.alwayswins. And if you enjoyed the show, leave us a review and hit subscribe. And maybe share with some of your friends. Until next time, remember, light always wins.